storied rivals who are really at looking at the uh, opposite side of the standings. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens tonight. We got Luke Fox live and in person in Montreal. Luke, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Morning skate, trip to Schwartz's, and getting ready for wow. a big, big game here tonight. Oh, really? So what, what's on the list? Well, uh, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, need a win. Um, you know, it, it was interesting what, what Sheldon Keefe was saying. Uh, he's actually going up against an old teammate. Him and Marty St. Louis played together for the Lightning for, for parts of three seasons. Uh, but he says that the, the version of the Canadians he's been scouting the last couple of games looks like they have a little more jump in their step. And he... He wasn't asked about the playoff series last year, but he said, we haven't forgotten there's 11 out of 18 skaters here that eliminated us last year. So uh, he's trying to get his team motivated and try to get them engaged going up against the last place team here. Uh, The desperate, don't play down to your opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a sense that like the Matthews and the Marners and the Morgan Riley's, they'd like a little bit payback, revenge, Anything like that? Any vibe at all like that? Yeah, yeah. We talked to Riley, and he and he brought it up as well. He's like, you know, you know, flying into this town, you know, rolling in uh, to this arena in the morning. He's like, you know, they don't forget. So I, you'd like to hope that um, that embarrassment from last year carries on, and you just want to stick it to these guys anytime you can. And it really shouldn't be a match, right? Like. We're dealing with uh, a Montreal team that ranks dead last uh, or near the bottom in goals for, goals against, both special teams, and the Leafs are in around top five in all those categories. So it really shouldn't be a match tonight. Um, And you'd like to think um, the fact that they lost that game against the Blues, that they want to make a bit of a statement here. I do want to get uh, more into Montreal, but I but before we do, I wanted to get your take. Uh, you wrote about the Nick Ritchie trade uh, for Sportsnet.ca. What what was your takeaway from what the Leafs did and how they fared getting Ilya Labushkin back? Yeah, I thought it was some fine work by Kyle Dubas. I mean, obviously the uh, the the signing of Nick Ritchie was was too much, and it was a year too long. Um, so he recognized his mistake and he tried to get rid of that money. I mean. He tried to give him away for free on the waiver wire, and no one took him. So, yes, he was trying to move him, and I, I thought for sure it would come with some salary retention or, worst case, then they have to buy him out in the summer. So for Kyle Dubas to you know, notice a, a trade partner in Bill Armstrong, a guy that's going to need to get to the, the cap floor next year, basically all half, more than half his team is on expiring contracts. So, so to find a guy to take Richie's full – full uh, cap hit and his salary actually goes up to, I believe 3.3 million next year. Like that's a tough sell. So the fact that he was able to get him off the books uh, ahead of a summer where Morgan Riley's raise kicks in, he needs to sign Jack Campbell as we, we talk about quite often. Sandine and Lilligren need raises. Kasha and McKay ever up. All these guys aren't coming back, but he's going to need a little bit of money to, to give some raises to some people. So to get Richie off the books entirely without retaining any salary, I consider that a huge win because there weren't many trade partners willing to do that. Dubas himself said there was only one. And the fact that you actually address a need uh, in getting you know a big body, 
uh, penalty killer, physical defenseman who can bust up cycles and, and has positive underlying numbers, which I'm sure uh, Dubas appreciates and, you know, gives another look like we're going to see. Is uh, Labushkin, does he fit in with Muzzin? Does he fit in with Sandine? Um, at least they have options, and they have a month ahead of the deadline to experiment with Labushkin to see where his fit can be um, instead of kind of rushing him in right before the playoffs. You just want to give him the Norris now, or you want to wait? Later? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he can't put up points. So I think the Norris, Norris might be a stretch. I, I just think that the fact that they were able to get a body, like, I don't think they're done, but they did get something. Like, they, they were trading from a point of weakness, Nick. Like, they wanted to get rid of Richie. Yeah. And the, the, the second round is so far in the future that, um, you know, you need to help this group right now, the window you have. Is there a sense that they could put him in there and, and get his minutes up around 17, 18, maybe slide him into a couple of scenarios where he's playing uh, with Muzzin here. Cause I, I think that's the wish list that he has yeah, that potential. It, yeah. I think they're good. I think they're going to have to try. Right. And, and that, and we talked to Sheldon a little bit about that this morning. And basically he said, expect me to experiment. Like we're going to mix things up. We're going to try some things. And one of those things has to be, has to be Muzzin. Um, but I mean, this is a, this is a complimentary piece in order for this defense to, to thrive. Muzzin himself has to get back to being the Jake Muzzin uh, that he expects him to be, that fans expect him to be, that the, the coaching staff expects him to be. But yeah, I would expect some experimentation here. I'd like, I think we'd see him a bit on the second pair. Um, and maybe this, this is a threat to Justin Hall too. Like maybe, just this very trade gets Justin Hall's attention and maybe he feels under pressure to pick up his game a little bit. So heading into uh, a lot of hockey, very busy action. We've uh, been kicking around Jack Campbell, Peter Mrazek, and, uh, you know, kind of trading off games here a little bit, trying to get Campbell back on, on his, uh, you know, premier form. What are your expectations for, for Campbell the rest of the way here? You know, he looked like a number one guy for the first part of the season and, and lately has been kind of hit and miss, has he not? Yeah, he's been up and down. Um, the Pittsburgh game, he was, he was absolutely fabulous. And you sensed it being in, in the building that he, he was quite calm. He wasn't giving up a lot of second chances. He seemed really dialed in. And it was telling that Sheldon said that that's the most uh, uh, confidence he's gotten from, from this goaltender, watching him from the bench, uh, that he, he put the coaching staff at ease during that game because of how he composed himself. And then, you know, they gave up a, a lot of what Sheldon called gifts uh, or freebies against the Blues team. And he said, we didn't really give Jack a chance to be good. Uh, but I, I think the way Campbell's such a, a sensitive guy, an emotional guy, hard on himself, as you guys know, I think he needs to get on a bit of a run where it's not just one great game. It's, it's two or three or four in a row when he gets rolling here. So Mrazic gets the start against the weaker opponent in Montreal tonight. And then the back-to-back, I, I would uh, assume that, that Campbell goes against the Blue Jackets. We're speaking with Luke Fox, uh, Leaf writer for Sportsnet.ca. Luke, uh, early in the show, we had a conversation about Tavares uh, in, in the second hole there behind Matthews. And is there a growing frustration in terms of the, the lack of offense? Uh, this guy is used to scoring at a, at a much bigger rate here. And is there much talk about it uh, amongst uh, some of you writers uh, at the arena on, on what's going on with him and, and why the, the lull in his play offensively? 
Yeah, it's kind of been a, a sidebar conversation or like a secondary conversation, but for sure, um, you know, that, that whole line is, has hit a bit of a dip here. Uh, it's something that the, sta- the coaching staff is looking at. You'd like, to, you'd like all four lines to be gunning all the time, um, and the Matthews-Marner-Bunting line has been so good the last month, month and a half, basically since Marner came back off his COVID break, that it's kind of, you know, um, glossed over some of the, the flaws or, or the off games that Nylander, Kerfoot, and Tavares have had. And also I think the fact that those guys have been getting some cookies on the, the best power play in hockey, that's also kind of helped. But when you look at even strength, yeah, they're not, they're not producing at, at a level that they want to. And Tavares hung around after practice yesterday and was just working on his shot. Um, so it's obviously something that's on his mind. I mean, it, you talk about the athlete trying to keep an even keel attitude and, and ha- not getting too high or too low. I mean, John Tavares is, is one of the best at that in terms of just steady as she goes all the time. Um, but no doubt, I mean, he's a, he has high internal expectations and he, he's not satisfied the fact that th- that line isn't producing. Um, I just wonder how much Sheldon just keeps it as is status quo and just hopes that they turn it around and, and, and start to get some traction or if he starts to tinker because he kind of has an itchy trigger finger that way. He doesn't like to, uh, a combination, whether it's on defense or up front um, to sit stagnant too long. If it's, if it's not clicking. Uh, Luke, important question. Where is Austin Matthews on the human to duck lip scale today? <laughs> I, well, I didn't see him today, but um, yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw his meeting with the media yesterday. Uh, he only lost one tooth, but he said he had a, a couple hours uh, in the dentist chair. Uh, it was definitely affecting his speech. It was affecting his eating. Uh, it was making him grumpy. Uh, yes, he did not. Grumpy. He did not want. He did not want to talk about that that collision with the crossbar. Understandably, I mean, it, it's probably no, a, a not little... understandably. It duck lips. You have to talk about it. <laughs> Oh, but it's kind of embarrassing, right? Because no one shoved him into it. He was just kind of trying to track Crosby. Um, so I, I, I'm sure, you know, it, it, it's kind of odd. Like, I was really shocked. I had to look at the replay because I was like, what? No one, like, pushed him into it? Because he's so spatially aware um, that, that it, was, it was a really bizarre play, the fact that he kind of did that to himself. I yeah, it was really weird. Like I, ah. Yeah, what happened? Just, Have you ever seen that, Nick? No, in your day? no, 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 nothing. Like, I, I'm klutzy. Like, I just, like, what? Remember, I, I joined you yeah. in the booth, and I stepped on that lady's toes. Like, I just randomly lose yes. track of myself at times. So I kind of get it. I kind of feel his pain. Like I, but you have to discuss yes. it with people. I think so. Anyway. Maybe turn it into a positive, like a public... Uh, like, don't drink and drive. I don't know. <laughs> Just something, right? Brought to you by Mad. <laughs> Just humor. Humor is the way out of uh, exactly. any goofy mistake you make. Yeah. Listen, Luke, really appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, it should be a fun one. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, Luke. So what happened? He uh, There was a press conference yesterday. He's at the podium, and he didn't, he didn't like the question. No, let's play that. Can, do we have that? Sammy, clip? do you have that? I didn't like the question he was asked, like, what'd you see or what'd you, what happened? I think we do have it. Any idea how it happened? I mean, is this awkward? Are you so locked in on Sid there? Yeah, I know. I saw the crossbar and I just decided, you know, I think it'd be a great idea if I just put my face right through it and <laughs> see what happens. So, you know, great question. <laughs> well, you know, 
I think that was Mark Masters from TSN, the it poor was. guy. I got, thought that was, what he, was he buried Masters for no reason. What was, totally the, what, was what was the question, though? How did he phrase it? Can we hear it? Let's try again. Any idea how it happened? Were you just so locked in on Sid there? I think he has an idea of how it happened. So so first off, I think Masters is fully within his rights to ask him that question. Like, buddy, you're talking to you. You barely speak. What happened? And and Austin's fully in his right to give him a sarcastic answer. I don't know. You'd help him out and be like. Yeah, I know. Buddy, he he helps the media out every day. Matthews talks to these guys every day, pre, post. He is one of the best guys yeah, with, with, with the media. He talks <laughs> so much with the media. I just... I would bury him. How, how about, I would have done the same thing. How, 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 how about... How, how are you feeling? No, that's not the question I want answered. I, well, here's how you can would, do it. Would, would he on drugs? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you hit a, well, a, something standing point, still? Like, look, I realize, you know, you're, you know, it... There's hurts, no way it you sucks, can phrase it without... Have, yeah, you say we have to ask the there's question. There's no way you can phrase it without making him feel like an idiot. Well, then you have to make him feel like an idiot. Masters was the sack. <laughs> <laughs> he can't handle the truth. Masters could not handle the truth there. No. And it was, and it, listen, he was the sacrificial lamb. We talked about it. Somebody had to ask him. And I don't think it was a really like brutal way to ask it. I you think know, it was a pretty fair way to ask it. Was there anything else that had your attention there? He was just pissed was off. Po- he was pissed know? off because he's got, you know, duck lips, his teeth hurt, he can't eat. And he got asked about it. That's He's true. embarrassed. So he took it out on somebody. He's lucky he didn't break his jaw. Oh, I man, thought he that, did break his jaw. That looked ugly. Well, he looked for his tooth right away. You could see him on the highlight. It came shooting out of there where like a he, Pez, uh... <laughs> I, I knew he was okay when he started right away looking for a tooth. Yeah. Mm. Boy, that's ugly. I mean, as someone who has broken a jaw and lost teeth, I can tell you, awful, awful, man. That, that pain is no fun. Poor guy. Mark Masters is a good guy. I'm sure Austin will go back in a few days and say, we're cool. Yeah, no, he, it, it was kind of crummy, but it, yeah, you're right. It wasn't a big deal. But he got the clip. He did. He got the clip. Sometimes. Oh, no, more importantly, it gave us five minutes to talk about it. <laughs> I love it. So we got some stats going into tonight. You want to you Austin Matthews versus the Canadian stat? Oh, it must be ugly for Montreal. He leads uh, the NHL in goals and points versus the Canadians since entering the league in 2016-2017. 24 games played, 19 goals, 12 assists. Oh, man. Dia. That is... Pure ownership of a franchise. I'm just going to put on my red, white, and blue jersey here and fall as a fan and say, now do the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But he really does. If you think back to a lot of the regular season matchups between the Leafs and Habs, he really has a way of sort of rising to the occasion for these games. You think oh, of, yeah. you think of the, I think it was maybe the second year in the league, the overtime winner against Carey Price. He has that unbelievable one where he knocks it in midair. Shoots it far post on Carey Price. Oh, he's made them mental. Like, he really, really does seem to have ownership over the Montreal Canadiens in the regular season. They're uh, <laughs> Blue Blanc, Rouge, Borny. Montreal keep it close tonight. What are they? have won two in a row. They have. Albeit in uh, a shootout and uh, overtime. But I was actually going to ask you, do you think it's possible to just... So Cole Caulfield, since Marty St. Louis has taken over, he had one goal pre-St. Louis and in like five... 30 games. In 30 games. One goal in 30 for games. For Ducharme. And now he has four four goals in six games for St. Louis. Do you think it's possible that he's just like, I like this guy better and, like, fixes his entire game? 
I don't know about fixing his entire game, but well, it's starting to go in the net. Uh, Actually, liking too. someone and feeling like uh, weight is off your shoulder can come in an instance with one guy gone and another guy in. Well, let me let me give you this. Here's his uh, his time on ice in January pre is like thirteen forty nine, thirteen twenty eight, thirteen fifty nine. The last games. Starts in the 15s, gets up to 18 against Buffalo, 21 minutes against the Blues, wow. 1938 last night against Islanders. This guy's playing 20 minutes a night. By the way, that's Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner time. I mean, maybe a little less, but Still that's huge. Too minutes. much, too soon. And, When's and, too soon? The guy's been around now. He played in the playoffs. He was there last year. No, no, that's soon. <laughs> yeah, give All him right. a couple years. Yeah. But that, that was the issue is that he had so much success. And he was arguably their most dangerous shooter going into a Stanley Cup final. And it was, like, expected now. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing for a guy bar- I, I barely out of Twitter, college to I, I, manage that, manage those expectations. I know you've said something in your career that, like, things come back to you on Twitter that, hey, do you remember when you said this? I last year tweeted that Cole Caulfield was going to score 35 or 40 this year. But everybody did. I get that sent that. I get that sent to me. Almost daily. Everybody sat there and oh. said, how is this guy not going to win the Calder Trophy? His odds, I actually looked preseason at his uh, his odds. They were plus 400, which is like, you know. I know, like everyone assumed what it was him. awful bet. And then the next person was like plus 1,100 or, you know, oh whatever. Like, it wasn't even close. He was the runaway favorite yes. for the Calder. Five goals. Did you put any money on that morning? Games. Uh, I did... Oh. Place preseason, not on Caulfield. Oh, no, no, okay, not good. on Caulfield. But I did have preseason bets. But no, definitely. <laughs> Bunty wasn't even an option. <laughs> they were like, that guy's 48. Um, not a rookie. So let me ask you guys about Caulfield and Marty St. Louis. And one of the things that was talked about a lot when Marty St. Louis was hired was the evaluation side of him going in there as the interim guy and figuring out who they like and who they don't like. I'm sure that the management uh wasn't loving Ducharme playing Cole Caulfield 13, 13 a night particularly while you're in last like Correct. we're already in last Correct. can we give him some minutes so i'm sure yeah, that there's pro- it's not that simple guys i'm you don't sorry think- to interrupt you no no but, you don't, but, but go ahead, go ahead. It's but your show yeah, yeah. <laughs> your name's on the show there, it's also the fact that you don't know whether or not you if you added more minutes it would be worse it would actually hurt him even more he point. didn't do 13 minutes because he hated him, he he did 13 minutes because you're trying to protect him as well. Mm-hmm. There, okay. there is that element. But do you think Kent Hughes went to Marty St. Louis once he was hired and was like, hey, we suck anyway. No. Let's no, see what no, happens. I don't either. Absolutely no. not. No way? Marty St. Louis no. came in as a coach and said, here's what I think would be best for the kid. I just, I think it just, in a short period of time, day to day, week to week, it kind of grew and... He wasn't feeling like he was struggling. He didn't see a guy uh, battling anxiety from shift to shift. He seemed to be enjoying himself. Like I said, a ton of weight off his shoulders. Now, all of a sudden, you're out there 17, 18 minutes. Marty's sitting there going, he's not, it's not hurting him. It's not hurting our team. We're rolling with it. Does anyone remember, Sam, do you remember when Ducharme got fired? Like, how many games has he been around for? Is it six games, seven games, early Feb? I'm just trying to see because... my point here Half is... Half a dozen games, I think, sure. isn't it? So the time on ice I just mentioned is high the last three games. Prior to that, 
there are mul- two games with 13 minutes and a game with 15 minutes when Caulfield was there and, and St. Louis was there. So he didn't show up and give him 20 minutes. I agree, Nick, that he probably said, all right, well, you know, he's looking good. If I give him a little more opportunity, let's see what he can do. He probably earned himself a little extra time. Okay. All right, then. I got another stat for you going into tonight. Ready for it? Love it. Uh Jake Muzzin has one point with a minus five rating in his last five games since his return from the concussion. He's been on the ice for nine of the 17, uh, nine of the team's 17 goals against in the last five games since he came back. 52.9%, 53% of the goals have been scored with him on the ice. Mm-hmm. As the premier shutdown guy on the, on the decor. Saturday night, uh, every time I looked, he was right around the net. He, he was pretty aggressive. Right around their net. Yeah, he was, jump, he was zone. jumping up a lot. Yeah, he was jumping a ton. And I I, th- I, think he wants to be involved a lot more offensively. Well, that needs to not be a thing. Well, that concerns me. <laughs> we have plenty of guys He who may do have that. the hardest shot back there out of everybody. Oh, sure. You T- can shoot it from the blue then. TJ Brody powdered one there on Saturday night. Beat him, uh, beat Huso blocker side. But, yeah. yeah. No, I, the... You know, they were asked some questions. Sheldon Keefe was asked some questions about Jake Muzzin and, you know, clearly has an eye on this guy. He took a knee by him after practice and um, and talked about him. The one theme it seems like Keefe is pushing for Muzzin is to try to do less. Like, they feel <laughs> like... He, he led the team in shots Saturday night. Did he really? Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's not less. Less. Like, it feels like with... Let's do Lundgren, less than that. Yeah. Whoever it is he's with, he's over... He's covering too much. He's worrying about them. He's going over to their side. Like, they want him to be a defender they can count on. Uh, and right now, it, it just seems like he's working so hard to get over and bail guys out. I think if Hull had a better year, I, I, I think we wouldn't be yeah. focused on him as much. So, yep. in the game on Thursday night, when uh, the Leafs beat the Penguins, and I came in here and I talked about how I thought it was Muzzin's best game since he came back, and I thought he looked solid at least and a little less like he was doing everything. His partner was Rasmus Sandin. What I noticed in the game on sa- on Saturday against the Blues was that he was playing with Timothy Lilligren for most of the game. Mm-hmm. And then he, like you just said, seemed like he was running around trying to kind of cover up some of the stuff and feeling like he had to take it upon himself more to cover up for Lilligren than he did for Sandine. Yeah. So I don't know if there's something to that in terms of Sandine being a little better than Lilligren or whatever you want to look at it, but it really did feel like he was covering for for Lilligren more in that game on Saturday night. Yeah, he's, he's just overhelping a little bit too much, and when you don't trust your partner, that can be a part of it. So we'll see how much he trusts the Russian bear. We'll see if that's an option for him to... I guess we're calling Labushkin that, by the way. The, it's a great nickname. It's apparently a thing. Yeah, I love it. I just hope they don't put too much on his plate. That's all. With uh, with Labushkin. Yeah. It's Montreal, so maybe they see an opportunity where they're not going to get as tested or as pushed as hard. Maybe that's yeah. a good opportunity to get him in there on He's a couple of shifts. He's not in oh, he's not no. in tonight? He's coming in tomorrow night. So here's, my, here's a question for okay. you then. How do you feel about guys in today's NHL that are sole defenders, like low-event guys? Like, remember Riley Nash came here from Columbus? Was it last year? They signed him, and it was like, this guy does, when, when he's on the ice, nothing happens either way. <laughs> nothing happens either way. That's kind of Labushkin. No offense, great defense, low-event. Is that good? Do you want guys like that? High and hard off the glass can be your friend. Yeah. Just get the puck out, stop the the cycles, stop the rotations. 
Don't lose positioning in front of the net. And you can make $2 million just like that. Never get one point. Mm-hmm. Just have a clean zone. I thought it was interesting that talking to Bill Armstrong, him talking about the trade and Labushkin, and he was like, yeah, you know, I looked at this trade from the Leafs side, and I really liked it from the Leafs side. made a lot of sense from the Leafs side. Yeah. I was like, wait, what nice about... Toronto your- Radio Show. Figure it out. Well, he knows he's talking to? <laughs> he knows his audience. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, truly, uh, if he wants to just butter it up like that, because he really did talk of Labushkin, said consistent effort, right? Like he's... It's pretty clear that we're we're dealing with a limited skill set. Yeah. But you do love to hear compete. You love to hear 6-2. You like to hear right-handed shot. And there's a physicality that he can bring. All those things, Leafs dire need. Okay. Yeah. You want another stat for tonight? Yes. Peter Mrazek, who goes tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Has a save percentage over 900 in just two of his eight starts this year. Mm. It's the third worst amongst goalies with five-plus starts. You know, he had a rocky start, though. I'm going to bail him out a little bit. You know, he injured, what did he play, five periods over the first two months or something like that? Like, I, it hasn't gone great, but mm-hmm. I think lately we've seen flashes of what good Mrazic looks like. It looks like pure chaos. It was the game against Carolina that sticks out to me where he was really good when they yeah. won in overtime. They, and uh, they're tw- in general, they're 21st in the NHL with 3.3 goals against per game since December 5th. So he needs a been a little leaky. He needs a two or under night. Tonight. Well, yeah, I agree. Three or four will just. I don't, I don't care if the Leafs win six four or seven. Yeah, seven four. You gotta you gotta shut the door here hard here. Do you think there's a possibility that if he doesn't, let's say he has a run of games here where he gives up three or four and he's okay? That the Leafs say, boy, three point eight million. We can probably spend that better, get a cheaper backup goalie, oh, and, and see if they want to trade him. I think the deadline. I, I think you're going to really have to have a bad month, and that would have to go right at the deadline. I just, they are so married to this right now because of the money. Yes, I, and yeah, I don't know a market. Someone just going to take. Mrazic with two more years at 3.8. Well, if Armstrong's looking at it from the Leafs side and wants the Leafs angle and he's trying to help the Leafs out, <laughs> maybe there's an open line I, of I communication think, there. I think they're really going to have to struggle in the next four weeks to even consider changing it up. Yeah. This is it. So This well, is their stretch right, uh, right to the summer. So while you were talking, I didn't mean to be disrespectful, but I looked up Ilya Labushkin's hits this season. Mm-hmm. He is... Um, 34th in the NHL in hits among D, which... Is that a good number for you? I like that he is one of the hideous hitmen. That's good. That's something that we've talked about here. Um, He's no Luke Shen. Sammy, right? Ah, yeah. Top of the league, Luke Shen is third in the NHL in hits. Number one by 50 hits is Radko Gudis on Florida. Number two is Romanov, Montreal's young guy on uh, on the back end. Romanov, Shen... Then it's Jeremy Lozon and Rasmus Ristolainen. Romanov was really built up. Well, wasn't he offensively capable yes. as well? Yes. It's a nice combo. It's, that, a, you, it's hard, a, though. It's hard for defense to come in and like, no one's pulling a Kale McCarr. No. 
No, those guys really skew your vision of it. But, like, think of Sergachev, who, you know, Russian guy, big, tough, kind of has some offense. I mean, Romanov has those things in theory, but, man, they don't – they seem frustrated with him. He's he's seventh guy there pretty often. Oh, he's a healthy scratch uh, in the playoffs, was he not? One game? Yeah. They can't seem to decide if they want to give him a chance, but there's some definite flaws in his game. I don't know, maybe he'll play tonight and we can take a little better look at what he has to offer, but – one of those, he's only 22 years old. Do you believe the idea that it takes guys a little while to come around and figure out? 100%. Is D-man more than forwards? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, like two and a half seasons, three seasons. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 100, 150 to 200 games before you really know what, what you have, I think. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was watching Carolina and uh, Pittsburgh yesterday afternoon. Do you think the Habs should have just... Match that cock and yemi offer. He looks really good. Really? Yeah. I like his game. I would never have let Carolina pick my pocket like that. I, what is that, an ego thing? Like, he, who cares? I mean, if you don't want the player, you don't want to pay him yeah. that much. Who cares? He's just so young. He's a center. Just, there's, it, there's potential I, there. I just want to make those decisions myself, not be forced by another organization. Yeah. That's all. And yeah. it should never have gotten to that point. You have to read the tea leaves. And that's where I think Bridgman was lazy. Don't oh, yeah? don't let it get to there. Why are you why are you even like, I know everybody laughs at the threat of uh a restricted free agent getting a contract offer, mm-hmm. right? Um and they're hardly ever out there, but you still protect yourself from it. Yeah. And they didn't. They just they just got cocky and arrogant, and said, uh, "Yeah, they'll never offer him six. Well, yeah. well they might. Uh, Hide his career high in goals yeah. this year. Elite already. Prospects has a cool feature. They just project the points out. You know, if the players played every game, they do like a projection on games played and all that. Right now, they have Kakaniemi projected to be a basically a nineteen and nineteen thirty eight point guy twenty twenty if you want to think of it nice round numbers yeah you know for a guy who's playing center and is you know is he twenty three twenty one kid man twenty one so you know those are that's real that's a real asset for a team for sure so Petrie at six point two five million for three more years that's no one's touching that that's Let's a tough see. one Gallagher at six five for four more, uh, five more years. Too bad it's that long, because I like Gallagher and I don't mind that number. But boy, that many years is awful. Josh Anderson still five more years at five five. Mike Hoffman three more years at four five. Like these are not good deals. They should get you know rid which of their one. GM. You know which. <laughs> you, you know which one really is killing them right now is Joel Armia. Joel Armia has three more years at three point four million. Oh. What are, what are his numbers, Sammy? I don't know. Bad? Ugly. Yeah, I think they're pretty ugly. I have that on hand for you here. Joel Armia has two goals in 37 games. Is that good? Thank you very much. <laughs> 3.4. Seven, seven points in 37 games. At uh, So his total deal there was like, whew, yeah. and 15 million. You know, we all like Nick Suzuki, but he's far from still being their star. It's a work in progress, and he's a good player, and he's got a chance to be great. But right now, he's far from being the face 
of the franchise. Well, you know what happens here is this is when you don't have someone else. And you know how every year, like, the Sabres are like, Dylan Cousins. And everyone's like, well, he's good, but relax. You know? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of Nick Suzuki to me where they didn't have a ton of giant prospects. And so Suzuki ends up looking like a superstar. And he's a very good player who may end up being star level, but... I have a little bit of not. It's this. Is, I shouldn't preface this as breaking news because that'll get people excited. But uh, the Leafs in Buffalo are playing a outdoor game on the March on March thirteenth, which you Tim will Horton, be there at Tim Hortons Field. The day after, the Hamilton Bulldogs will host the Oshawa Generals at the Tim Hortons Field outdoors as well for an OHL game. So maybe you can't afford the big ticket to go to the Leafs. You can go to see an OHL game outdoors at uh, Tim Hortons Field, which is a great venue. So I thought that was cool. Nice. I'm a big OHL guy, so I love that. That's a, that's a cool experience for those kids and for mm-hmm. all the people that get to go. OHL's great hockey, so a little bit. Of, yes. Nice. No, there you go. You like that, Kipper? I know you'll, I be, at, I know you'll be at both games. I do. Right? Uh, I think I'm uh, conditioning my hair that night. <laughs> 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 all right, so... Coming up down the stretch here for the Leafs, we got four hockey games. Actually, not down the stretch at all. This week, you got Montreal, Columbus. What's the uh, the other two, Sammy? Here, we'll pull this up for you. Minnesota and Detroit. Minnesota and Detroit. What are the expectations for the week ahead? How many points are we looking at? You know, to me, this is this is a is feasting time for the Leafs. I mean, you're supposed to beat Montreal. You're supposed to beat Columbus. You're supposed to beat Detroit. You know, if you want to hedge the 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 Minnesota game and say. But, like, it's a seven of eight points type of thing for me, no? Again, sometimes those games are a little tricky. And I think St. Louis went through it with uh, Montreal. You, sometimes you kind of play down to your opponents a little bit here. Well, it's, that, that's it's what hard. keeps talking up the postseason. He's like, yeah, they got 11 of 18 guys <laughs> that beat us last year. Trying to give them a reason to get up. 11 of 18 is more than I would have hoped. And, yeah. and But also, it's not many. Is it? They just beat them last year. Yeah, they got half yeah, their team. St. Louis lost to Montreal just before playing Toronto Saturday night, and they they were all complaining like every time they touched Montreal, they fell. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like, like what is going on? We're diving? trying to get ready for playoff hockey. Montreal they diving just, around. Yeah, they just could not they could not get any rhythm at all against uh, Montreal, and then they come look like. Uh, World beaters against Toronto. I am excited to see this week a couple things. I'm excited to see the Minnesota Wild, who I think uh, remind me of the the Calgary Flames in that they're deep, physical, playoff built. I really like that team. I'm excited to see Patrick Laine, who makes no sense to me as a player. Like I, th- this guy, I think we didn't we say the other day in our show he's one of the leading scorers since the mm-hmm. the new year. Yeah, he scores a lot. We got ten since. I, I always had him as almost the next Ovi. Yeah, and I mean he's going to come in and he's shooting it in the net now, but boy, has not been. When, when you when you really think about the numbers he's pr- uh, produced since being what second overall, yeah, I think his his numbers are right up there with history. Yeah, like you know, as advertised, he put up a bunch of goals, but they're going the wrong direction. You know, when he came into the league and he scored, you know, his first couple seasons here. His thir- numbers are 36, off the 44 his first two yeah. years, then 30, That's 28. like an 18, 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. He's on pace this season for 63 games and 34 goals. You like the thought of Claude Giroux in Minnesota? Hmm. Yes, I do. I feel like... What they, well, not that they're lacking scoring. The team scores at a high level, but he's got that competitiveness. Is that something that you think is a good fit or a potential fit? I think, again, with uh, the cap going against them in the next few years, they got to do something. 
I think when we look at teams now contending for the Stanley Cup, of course we have like, we've done this before, but we we have Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Colorado. Would you put Toronto in there? I would. Okay. Yes. So five or six, and then there's the second tier. Would you put Minnesota up there with the big boys, or would you have them in the second tier? Big boys for me. Really? Yeah, I really like Minnesota. Okay. I'm surprised. How much I've, I like I've got them. them second tier for me with the likes of Pittsburgh, New York, Washington. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, there's not, and after that, you're not really a believer in any team. I hear hey, Colorado quick, quick with Pavelski, too. Really? Yeah, that's a name that I hear. Wow. How about Mark Shifley? Winnipeg's bad. Would they move on from Shifley? That would be, uh, I don't, that would be an offseason. Yeah. If if you need to, if they miss the playoffs and they got to revisit everything. Yeah. Is it over? It's over. Family day's over? Family day's over. Hope everybody had a great family day. Thanks for joining our family here, Real Kipper and Bourne. We're back tomorrow. We'll tee up what happens tonight against Toronto and Montreal. Our thanks to Bill Armstrong, Luke Fox, Justin, Derek, Sammy. Have a great night. And give us a rating and review if you get a chance on any of your podcast platforms. I'm Nick Kiprios. We'll talk to you tomorrow.